When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? Welcome to a new video from Fantasy Football Scout. We're talking game week five transfers. Looking back at game week four, let's see how we got on with our teams. I'm joined by Rob today and once again, and it's nice to see that you have a worse overall rank than me for once. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> you know, I, I, it feels like you've been asking me to come on here just until you get above me. And then you're just going to cast me aside. Where do I do that? I wouldn't do that. I would never My do unattainable three-point lead has become a four-point deficit. But don't worry, I've got plenty of excuses to... It's four points, uh, I'll have you know. Thank you. Yeah, four. Yeah, don't worry, I've got plenty of excuses. <laughs> no, it's, a cra it's crazy. Once again, like four points separating, up, separating us in overall rank is just just shows that how much ground can be made up with a good, fairly good game week off the average. So... Uh, let's have a look at how we got on in uh, in game week four. We'll start with you, Rob. Here we've got 63 points, so presumably 67 with a minus four. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the first excuse. That's the goalkeeper. <laughs> that's the four points right there. Uh, what, move, what moves did you make? The... Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I had to, I was panicking. I had to send an SOS out on Twitter. So on Saturday, so for my time, it was a six o'clock PM deadline for me on the Saturday, and we had to work this Saturday as a makeup day. And the one time I had to check my team and to check on the news. So I've always sat here and I've been like, right, I'm not going to sell Sun. I'm happy with Sun. And people are saying, oh, you're lucky. Get rid of him. Do this. And I was like, well, I knew he was, was he injured. I don't know. And so it ended up being uh, Son to Traore and then Ings to Ronaldo. And look, I'm not going to sit here and, and say, I still don't, he's there with 13 points. I watched the 90 minutes and I'm still not going to sit here and say it was the, the best move. It was, it was a bit of a panic in the end. I, I had no information. So I did, I've got, I'm not barely got a bench. I've got Barnes on my bench, who's going to start this week. We'll get to him later on. And yeah, I just, I just, when I've been talking about it, I've said head versus heart, and I still don't think the 12.5 million for Ronaldo is, is going to be the best way. I mean, but I just went for, for the heart move and I went for his back in FPL. Let's see if he can do it. And before his ownership absolutely skyrockets. I think he was 60, 65% ownership around my area. So I didn't have to captain him and I could sit there and be happy with with, with with whatever he did really yeah we were discussing this before the stream there was a crazy disparity between the ownership in the top 10k and the ownership around our overall ranks and it was like 120 percent effective ownership in the top 10k so a lot of people captioning him but only 65 percent odd in our overall ranks so there's a massive disparity there uh so you you, you went martinez to raya as well which is obviously off the back of him being um uh banned from playing because of the argentinian stuff 
which is a bit strange. Hopefully he's back next game week. But I think you were unlucky with that, Ray, with that last minute goal from Trossard that was super unlucky. And it would have been, you might have even been ahead of me this, this, uh, at the end of game week four. So God You're forbid. Bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, depending on if you got any. Thank God for Leandro Trossard. But, um, yeah. So I think, I think Ronaldo is a good pick. You know, he's got a couple of, you know, reasonable fixtures in West Ham and Aston Villa coming up. And then you can switch to Lukaku or whatever. Um, why don't you think Ronaldo's worth the money? Just, it's one of those difficult things where I think he is going to tickle on, but it's exactly what I said to you when Anto- when we were, we captained Son over Antonio. And Antonio got two bonus, and I think was it a goal and an assist. And just for a midfield, I always just feel like midfielders are the, or even defenders to an extent, are the best captains, captaincy options because they have to do more as forwards. You know, he, he's gone ahead, he's got two goals, uh, and got three bonus and he's got 13 points but a midfielder it feels as though they've got to do less to get more and yeah 12.5 but... million is the joint most ice in the game but i watched the game and honestly I, and and this is where you being the stat man it's the argument about xg he got was it 1.4 xg but that that goal he scores in that first one is 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 two yards out I mean, you're not going to begrudge him that, though. He's always going to be hanging around the penalty spot and he's going to be ready to put the ball in the back of the net. He's evolved as a player to score goals. It's all the pundits on Sky or whoever you're watching it with or always going on about. He's evolved as a goal scorer. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter for me that he's getting one point less per per goal than a midfielder because probably he's more likely to score goals and he's getting more bonus points for scoring them. So, you know... I. I think Ronaldo's a great pick. And I was playing tennis on Saturday. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here and saying he's a bad pick. I no, mean, okay, it's, okay. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. But you can't see, you're saying that first goal, that's a poacher. That's that's a goalkeeping error. I mean, you can argue he's got in the position and he's in the right place at the right time. But I mean, he's megged the goalkeeper for the second goal. And again, people will say, well, he's Cristiano Ronaldo. He's world-class. Of course, he's trying to slot it right between the goalkeeper's legs. With his but the, left foot the thing about box. the thing about Ronaldo is his ego is just so big, and he just expects to score. Therefore, he will score. There's mm. there's no doubt in anyone's mind that he has full and utter complete faith in himself to put the ball in the back of the net more than any other player. Maybe maybe not Messi, but you just expect him to score. You just mm. expect him to find a way. So uh, yeah. Uh, I know you're not saying he's a bad pick. That's a bit, you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek. I mean, he lifts the whole United team. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible. You can argue he's going to have a positive effect on all of the other FPL assets. I mean, United concede, but Shaw still gets an assist because he's going to get forward. Uh, I do think he's a fantastic pick, and and, and I you know, I did choose him because I think he's a he's an excellent player and a good option. Um, so you went you went Salah captain because you didn't think that Ronaldo would start, or there was a little I bit knew of doubt he there. Was starting, I knew that it broke with is it unit intelligence? It's a football intelligence unit, I think, is his handle, and he's a very reliable source of team information. Uh, so when you guys were doing the Breakfast Club, I I knew at that point that he was starting, but I still felt the goals that Leeds were conceding, going for the midfielder and. Again, for me, it was it was the unknown. I took the leap with to bring him in uh, as a I don't want to say placeholder for Lukaku because that sounds like I'm dissing Ronaldo. I'm not. He's a fantastic option, but um, his ownership was low enough that it didn't matter too much for me. But 
I know that just, does matter to you quite a lot, the effective ownership it, stuff. It does, it does. And people aren't going to like it when we talk about Antonio later on. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, that the fact that Antonio got a negative point and it was good for everyone's ranks. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But, yeah, you just said about not captaining him. It just, I hadn't seen him yet. And I, and I promised myself this. I have seen Ronaldo before, but I promised myself, like, I'm trying to be more sensible. And I, and I just think Salah, if in doubt, captain Salah. And I, we didn't know what we were going to see from Ronaldo, right? I mean, yes, yeah. he's one of the best ever to play the game, but we didn't know how United we were going to adapt for his fixtures or, or, or the formation or the tactics. And I wanted to see it before I stuck the armband on him because, you know, that's one of the most, if not the important decision you make within your team, you know, week in, week out. Yeah, Probably. absolutely. So while you were just talking now, I've put your bus team up on the screen uh, for next week. And I'm actually fairly jealous of this because you've got a sea of blue, a sea of nice fixtures. Mine doesn't look too rosy compared to yours. So, I mean, you've got a couple of Wolves player and they've, they've got some good fixtures. Salah captain against Crystal Palace. Uh, obviously, you've got Antonio there who's banned for one game. Um, and the, obviously, the subject of this, uh, of this video is whether to keep or sell Antonio. We'll, we'll come to that a bit later because we've got some, some key uh, alternatives to Antonio if you are looking to sell. But yeah, talk us through your bus team. It looks pretty healthy. Who's on the chopping block for you? Any transfers planned? Antonio is going. Antonio is, is going. Is he? Yeah, Antonio's going. Yeah, for sure. When when we talk about Antonio, I've got a couple of points, but yeah, he is for sure. I, well, I, I will explain me. why. But so people are gonna look at my team and straight away they're gonna say, Okay, goalkeeper fine, Trent Shaw, Cody at the back. You know, I've benched Kufal or Sufal because he's against Manchester United and I've got the strike for Manchester United so I think they'll concede uh Simicast is first bench so you see my bench is pretty thin um but I think you look at my defense you're thinking all right that's fine uh Salah captain normal nothing strange there um Traore I brought in because I've been back in Wolves since like game week two game week three I, I still think they're going to come good I'm I'm worried it's going to be that situation where we still keep thinking they're going to do it they're going to do it and then they don't um, it's, yeah I can imagine it's one of those things where you you just keep backing them it's like that gambler's fallacy yeah. isn't it the but sunk for, cost for six million as a, as a as a budget midfielder I'm not expecting a return every week so it's fine uh, Rafinha now, uh, Leeds have got the fixture swing. Leeds are still worrying me. I don't want to really say second season syndrome, but the amount of goals they're conceding right now is incredibly, uh, incredibly worrying. Grealish has ticked along nicely for me. He's got 90 minutes. Now Champions League is going to come into play. That is going to be a big issue um, with the minutes and with the likes of Foden and Kevin De Bruyne coming back, I understand. But with a potential wildcard game week seven, I'm not going to take a transfer to, to take out Grealish at home to Southampton. Um, and I kept Barnes uh, instead of Son to make the move for Ronaldo because Barnes has got two decent fixtures and, and he's improving. I think he, he hit the post, uh, sort of the crossbar uh, against Leicester. But again, Leicester, been, they've been pretty underwhelming. But when I keep looking at my team and I keep thinking, should I wildcard? I make a wildcard draft and I compare it to what I've got. But like literally exactly what you just said, a sea of blue potentially in my team. And I just think, why would I wildcard when my players have these fixtures? Oh, and yeah, I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't say you'd wildcard now, but maybe towards game week seven, you can, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you are going to wildcard in game week seven, then you can afford to have a bit of fun 
and sort of move about with some yeah. minus fours, maybe attack the fixtures a little bit more with that safety net of a game week seven wildcard. Exactly. Always having that in your pocket. And like I said, a reason why Antonio for me will be out is if we are looking to wildcard game week seven, you know, it's just game week five, game week six, you know, two, three games left. So are you you quite happy owning Harvey Barnes? I mean, credit to you for sticking with him for the last couple of weeks because I got him out straight away. And you're happy owning for the next couple. Just stubborn. Just stubborn. (laughs) I mean, that's not a bad thing in FPL. (laughs) No, I do. No, I think um, people make transfers to save a bit of money or to avoid uh, losing value. And and I just disagree with it. It's 6.8. I still jump to a, a bunch of other players. Uh, and I still think Leicester will turn it around. I think, but if I thought if I told you Barnes against Brighton, you wouldn't think that was a ridiculously bad fixture for. Yeah, it's perfectly reasonable. He could get start getting returns there. So yeah, fair fair play for holding on. All right, let's uh, just have a look at how I got on. Um, so sixty nine points. That's a seventy three with a minus four. Uh, Captain Ronaldo. Thank God. Um, that was that was some really welcome news on Saturday. I wasn't even sure he was going to start because I do breakfast club on Saturday. I, I didn't even make any, well, I couldn't make any last minute transfers because I really keep on my eye on the social media stuff. So it's interesting. So my moves were actually um, Son and he was injured. Mares got tired of his rotation and Ings. They were all, came, they all came out. Um, and the thing I, is, really, you just said that and Mount got rotated. <laughs> I, 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 I'm absolutely I'm so annoyed by that. Um, I think I, there was a, there was a couple of people saying that he that Ziyech could play ahead of Mount because he'd be he'd be quite busy in the international break, which is fair enough. But yeah, it was a bit harsh to to immediately get punished for that Mount move. But luckily, I'm not really planning a game week seven wildcard, so Mount is a long term pick and he will be good from game week seven. So uh, I'm not too upset with that move. Um, the things that do worry me are the likes of the amount of West Ham presence in my side. And um, obviously Antonio is is uh, not available for the next game, so that's going to be tough. And they have Man United up next. Um, Greenwood may have to go at some point as well, and Ronaldo will move to Lukaku. So I'm a little bit worried that I'm planning quite a few transfers uh, mm. to sort of fix it all in game week seven. I don't know what will happen. Maybe I'll just say to hell with it and do a, a game week seven wildcard. But um, I've, I've got Ailing to come in who has some decent fixtures for, for Leeds. So Sufal can, can drop to the bench. So it's not the end of the world, but hopefully with two or three transfers, I can fix it. Um, so let's have a look at my bus team. Um, I have got a bit of a sea of red compared to you. And that's what I alluded to earlier. Mount's got difficult fixtures. Man United are at West Ham and West Ham are at Man United. So quite a few players playing themselves. The only players with good fixtures are the Liverpool and the um, Leeds boys. So it might be a difficult, it might be a difficult game week for me this week. Um, I might have to swallow my pride and bench Antonio and play Sufal, which would make it sort of even worse. Because you have another West Ham against another United. Exactly, exactly. So I need to make my mind up of whether I'm keeping Antonio. I I think the sensible option is I'll keep him, but I think I might have to suffer in the short term uh, this game week. Sanchez against Leicester, I have no idea whether he's going to get any returns. He might get some save points at last, um, at least. So, So who knows, but... Our teams are slightly diverging now, which is nice because we had very similar teams at the start of the season. Um, 
But yes, I think you might make some ground up on me this game week. I have a funny feeling, especially if you're taking Antonio out in the short term. Uh, so yeah, well, a little bit worried. Is, you're, you're right. Like uh, for, for for the first count, when you said you brought in Ronaldo and captain, because it felt like you were balancing, you were sort of justifying the decision, right? I, uh, especially for a hit, uh, I, I massively, I back that. I completely agree. Um with the with that kind of thinking uh but just going with your team do you have any money in the bank i was i 0.0 so um then because if you're not planning to do a game week seven wild card but obviously you're going to be very interested in chelsea you've already got mount and you've penciled in ronaldo to lukaku yeah. have you thought about like a, a sufal to a christiansen of chelsea yeah, I, I need to get some. I was I wanted Reese James, but I can't quite wangle it. I, I would have to go if I when I downgrade Lukaku. So there's some planning. I think I might have a struggle one week, and I can't even do Simicast to Liveramento because I'm point one out. So it would be Simicast yeah. to like Williams or something, and Simicast has blocked blocked Jota for me, which is um I guess in hindsight quite fortunate because mm, Jota's yeah. blanked a couple of times, but. Um, I do like Jota. I think he had plenty of chances in that game for Liverpool. I couldn't believe the amount of chances Salah and Mane and Jota oh. missed. I mean, they could have had so much more than three goals, couldn't they? I I I, I said earlier when I, you know, you're four points ahead and I said about uh, Raya letting that goal in. Well, he didn't let it in. It was a good Brighton goal, so fair, fair play to them. But, you know... Within 30 minutes, Salah almost had a goal and assist, right? Because he plunked it on Thiago's head and it was uh, ruled as just offside. And That was a great goal, yeah. Just after that, he, Salah cut it back to Mane. You know, it's funny. We, we, I feel as though we looked a little bit through FPL eyes yesterday with Mane because there was a lot of anger towards the amount of chances, a lot of angry uh, Diogo Jota owners. Yeah, I can Mane. imagine. I thought, he, I thought he actually had a really, really good game. He was absolutely danger like everything felt like uh it was going through Mane and you know if if FPL would have priced him like uh on like fan team where I think he's 10 million I've got him on my fan team and it would have made that an even more interesting you know decision it's just yeah. you're never going to go Salah you're never going to go Mane over Salah yeah so you think you're going to have difficult weeks and I think everyone's going to have that especially if you're going to double or triple up on players who are in from teams that are in form like Manchester United like Liverpool Leeds got good fixtures um when Chelsea come up you're going to have your players playing against each other you know I'm sure you've got a CRN this week but I'm sure in two or three game weeks it's uh it's going to be my turn <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's all we that's all we want isn't it but um yeah no i fully agree with you what you're saying about liverpool i thought they looked excellent on the whole and um i think jota owners can count themselves unlucky but really, i think yeah. the fact that if you've got jota now i think you should be pretty smug because the rest of us who've you know benefited from simicast points really do have to struggle away with their transfers to uh to try and get jota in their team so well, without but a while is back in training is he okay so that's already a worry. doing already doing work apparently <sighs> um so, and that's the issue with jota uh and uh, the likes of Greenwood, it's just going to be like game time, isn't it? So, and again, but this is it. This is what you said earlier about having those exciting moves and being a bit more risque now, because I, I could tell you when I, if I walk hard in like game week seven, it's for like the long haul, right? Yeah. Like 20 sure. weeks or whatever. Uh, and my team's going to look like, you know, safety FC. Whereas <laughs> for now we can, you know, I, I, that's why I went for the likes of Ronaldo. Take, I took that punt. 
I, don't, I still logically think I made the wrong decision. I should, probably should have gone Lukaku. Um, I mean, it's easy to say that because you know Lukaku matched him. Even after the yeah. United game, I was thinking long term, I, I possibly should have gone. And you know, Lukaku might struggle against Spurs and Man City, so um, I think well, Ronaldo. Spurs defense that makeshift well, now injuries and suspensions. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, um, I think Chelsea probably will, will put Spurs to the sword, but I mean, against City, that's probably a different story. Mm. He struggled against Liverpool to a certain extent, so I think Ronaldo probably beats him in the two fixtures that he has. Um, so it's not the worst fifty-fifty um, decision. Um, it just means oh, yeah. that you've got. Just means you've got an extra transfer to do in game week seven or or wildcard, which or is wildcard, which was my original intent. Uh, right, but yeah, so but this is what I mean. You can be a bit spicy with the pre wildcard moves. Absolutely, so. nothing wrong with that at all. So let's talk about Antonio. Um, so it looks like we've got differing opinions about this. So I'm probably going to look to keep and be patient while you are getting rid. And I've some put some best Antonio replacements up on the screen. We've got Jimenez, Bamford, and Calvert Lewin. Uh, all different price points to a certain extent, but within 0.8 million of each other. So Jimenez is the cheapest at 7.4, Calvert-Lewin the most expensive. Um, Calvert-Lewin the best XG per 90 stats, which you probably would expect. Um, but Jimenez the best uh, assist potential, which is what he was commonly renowned for for um, in a couple of seasons ago when he was um, really, really a decent FPL option. Really, really. Uh, the thing that made him so good was that he had that well-rounded approach. He was good at scoring goals and uh, delivering assists as well. So hopefully once he starts getting on the scoreboard he can up that uh, xg and X, xa uh, points per 90 sorry xa xg per 90 uh, stats because they're not that great at the moment um interestingly the number of shots the number of chances created is much higher than bamford and calvert lewin but they've translated into smaller quality or lesser quality mm. opportunity so that's interesting a lot of people had transferred in jimenez uh simon march and seb on on breakfast club both transferred in jimenez for his good run of fixtures so hopefully for their sake uh wolves start getting their act together and start putting the ball in the back of the net because they are pretty underperforming aren't they but Calvert-Lewin there with the best points per game uh, with 7.7 compared to Bamford's 4.0 and Jimenez 1.5 which is not good but I think a lot of people eyeing up Bamford what is your striker of choice in terms well currently your favorite striker of choice for Antonio replacement well Calvert-Lewin uh Calvert-Lewin because like I said when I was checking the news on uh, on Saturday Calvert-Lewin was going to be my move but with the whole toe Flash thigh issue. Um, I didn't again. I didn't want to bring in a player that isn't going to play with with such a, a thin bench. Uh, so for sure, it's Calvert Lewin. I can I can see the pull towards him, and as you know, like we've backed Wolves, they are underperforming or just not quite finishing off the chances. They do still look good, and you know, people were saying uh, uh, going back to his stats in the last game, they were saying, oh, you know, he's still. Look, Jimenez is still looking a little bit off, but there was an opportunity again where he took it and he just hit it over the bar, but he should have had an assist. I mean, people who have got Semedo in their, in, in their side, the fullback, I mean, he could have had a hat trick. Uh, and there was a really lovely little flick that he did through ball straight in for him and he, uh, and he didn't finish it. So, you know, it's, it's these fine margins. Like it, get, getting the players that are posting everything but the points 
early, I feel is better than getting. So I was never on board with like a Ben Rama move because when I've been looking at like the like Fabio Borges, one of the greatest FPL managers, I think he is the greatest FPL manager of all time. And it's all about long-term stats. And the likes of Ben Rama is the short-term for me, whereas Jimenez does have that long-term history. But Bamford, I'm off Leeds. You are. You're off Leeds because of the second season. I've got Rafinha. I'm not going to transfer him out. But Leeds have not looked quite at it. Do you not think that might be skewed towards the difficulty in their fixtures at the start of the season? Yes. Possibly. So, so, so why, why are you off Leeds? Surely they were that good last season that you can't be put off them too much. Mm. I think Bamford is a, is a decent replacement for, um, for Antonio, but doubling well, up on Leeds... It's one position, that's all it is. And my yeah. one choice is Calvert-Lewin, and then my second choice is between Bamford and Jimenez. I think these yeah. are the three best options. Actually, a fourth option of mine is to, to use uh, Antonio as a makeshift to either put money back in your midfield or your defense or take a hit and turn Antonio into Lukaku or Ronaldo. I mean, considering we both only have two forwards, um, it's, yeah, it's probably a bit of a, a bit of a brave move to, to move any more funds. Oh, for from real, the forward I'm line. talking about people in general, if people play a three, four, three, right. Isn't it the most, yeah. usually the most popular formation. So drop, drop him down and use that extra money to, Here's an interesting or, or question for you. Bump him up. Here's an interesting question. Like, would you, if you could have the chance, would you switch to a three-four-three from a three-five-two? If you, if you could. No. You wouldn't. Uh, I, no, I'm. I've. I already said. This is the point I was going to make about my wild card. Is pre-season I said about five at the back, and I started with four at the back, and I still stand by that. My gate. I said earlier, safety FC. My wild card is probably going to have four defenders. With a really, fifth. really going to go a bit going five three two and four four two for sure. No, you're not going to go five three two. I'm te- right, okay. This was from uh, Nick. Nick Triggerlips is a is a is a known guy on Twitter. I don't agree with a lot of his opinions. He can be quite strong on his opinions and stuff. But something he pointed out: fifteen defenders for seven point five million and below. Fifteen defenders have twenty or more points. Five midfielders have 20 or more points. And those five midfielders include Kovacic at Chelsea, Zaha, Fornals, and Gallagher. And you'd never start the season with those players. Okay. But, I, and it comes back to, if I go 5-3-2, I, have, I can go Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah, and Trent in my team. Right. I'm clicking my knuckles. So I'm trying to get one into more this. Point, one more point before you, before you <laughs> rip me. Right? The point is, as well, I want to go double Chelsea defence. Uh, Tuchel, manager of Chelsea, right? 35 games. How many clean sheets? That's, I, I, by, the, by the way that you're selling it, probably in a staggering amount. So maybe like 25. No, no, don't, be, don't be like 34 <laughs> clean sheets in 35 games. 22. Oh, I wasn't far off. That's all right. 22 clean sheets in 35 games. That, and I mean, you can get that for a five million and a five point five million defender. Okay, that, that's no, that's really decent. And your point, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. But the the problem is the clean sheets fluctuate quite steadily or quite a lot in in FPL, and you know that's why we flip between 
having three forwards to five midfielders to four defenders, the value changes so quickly. And the problem with having four or five defenders is that it's very difficult to change the structure of your team uh, so readily. You haven't you have to downgrade a lot of people in midfield or, or in, on your forward line to get those five defenders. And then if you want to rectify that because it's not working out, it's quite difficult to shift them around. So I get what you mean about the value of defenders especially when there's clean sheets um, that are so prevalent around. So I I get that, but it's the lack of flexibility that that probably puts me off from ever doing that in the future. Like if you ever get a player like, um, I don't know, someone really cheap that just goes off on one and starts being one of the best players in the game, you have to be able to react quickly to that, right? I mean, otherwise you're going to be stuck with like the likes of Robertson and Reese James who might go through a, a down patch and then you're going, oh, I feel a bit silly having having these players that um, other people are benefiting from the likes of Ben Rama or whoever is setting the world alight. So, yeah, I, I do get your point, but I will be very surprised, let's just say that, if you have five in the back in your wildcard. No, no, it won't. It will be 4-4. Four, four. It will be 4-4-2. Four, four, uh, okay, okay. So you just four, said 5-3-2 five, five, to just bait but me. Five playable defenders. Okay. The, the fifth one would probably be a 4.5, 4.5 rotation. But it'd be like Trent, two Chelsea defenders, and Laporte or Diaz. Okay. And, and when you're saying about like everyone always argues against flexibility, but two, three transfers can get you anywhere, right? Say, say I've got Ronaldo Lukaku up front. One of them loses form, or one of them gets injured or gets dropped or whatever. That's where I get my money from, and it's just one position to another. But you know, long, t- like I said, with a wild card, it's long term. It's twenty weeks, and if you're going week in, week out with a city defender and two Chelsea defenders I'm st- and Trent I'm still feeling confident week in week out that I can yeah. get something and again I, I know it's boring yeah it's only six points but you know six points over 38 game weeks is is a lot I mean you could probably do with a 442 or god forbid a 532 you would be able to get three premium options wouldn't you you'd be able to get Lukaku Ronaldo and Salah in Exactly. It, with but, with uh, with an and the third midfielder would be yeah it would, would be around a six million rotation but you know one week Triari one week Gallagher one you know so you know it's interesting obviously you need you need to be able to captain all of those players to make them valuable but I guess you're getting more value in defence so it sort of evens itself out it's that flexibility that puts me off a little bit but credit to you if you do four four two then then absolutely fine you'll probably end up with a really nice looking team. And um, yeah, you'll make make me start thinking about it potentially. Right, let's have a look at some notable fixtures coming up. Um, We've got uh, three of the best. We've got Leeds, Leicester, who may be flying under the radar, and Wolves. Uh, And then we've got three uh, three of the big boys in Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United. The reason why we've got those up is uh, Liverpool have two excellent fixtures in game week five and game week six, where Salah is most likely to be heavily captained, whereas Chelsea have completely the reverse, really two tough fixtures. Tottenham, as we've discussed probably earlier, may be a little bit easier than a red fixture rating might suggest, considering their 
um, they're sort of uh, they're, well, T- Tanganga's being banned, isn't he, for the next game? So they might have a bit of a makeshift defence. Um, but the reason Chelsea's up there is from game week seven, as we've all been talking about, from game week seven, they've got an excellent fixture on. And that's something that we really need to focus on, either doubling up or even trebling up um, with the likes of Reese James, even Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso hasn't been dropped, has he? Crazy. Do you think he's going to start, going to continue in that role? Now's going to be the tester. Champions yeah. League is, I mean, like I said, Grealish has played, you know, Manchester City have been naming, you know, the same starting 11 like, since the dawn of time. Absolutely. Guardiola doesn't do that. And now, you know, you're getting the likes of Grealish doing 90 minutes. It's, yeah. Uh, but Marcus Alonso is doing what he's doing. He's his top of the, the defender goal scoring points. So um, it's he's, and he, but is he flying under the radar a little bit? Certainly in the Twitter community. Um, I don't know whether he's highly owned or anything, but someone to consider. Chilwell, I just feel sorry for him, mate. Not getting a look in, but maybe that's just they're playing five at the back and Alonso is best better at the wing back position. But yes, anyway, tripling up on Chelsea doubling up at least I think is a really strong shout from game week seven Man United are up there because they have a bit of a mixed run of fixtures and it's probably I think they're bottom of my fixture ticker actually the West Ham away without Antonio might be fairly difficult but it it might not be Man United haven't been great away from home in the first two games but they've they've been vastly improved at home so I wonder whether they will struggle away away from home at West Ham. But then Aston Villa, Everton, middling fixtures, remains to be seen what will happen in them. And Leicester, Liverpool. And I think after Liverpool, they've got Spurs. So it's quite a tough run of fixtures for Man United. I think quite a lot of people will be looking to get off Man United and on to Chelsea in game week seven. But the three teams with the best fixtures... Leeds, Leicester and Wolves, there's a lot of people to talk about. We've talked about Bamford already and a lot of people already own Rafinha. Uh, anyone else from Leeds that you like the look of? Anyone in defence? No, like I said, I feel like I'm uh, like I'm off Leeds a little bit. But I, I actually wanted to ask you about the Antonio. If we want to talk more about selling and buying Antonio later, then that's fine. But uh, were those your three options as well? Jimenez, Cavalier, and Bamford. To if you were going to replace Antonio, you said you're going to stick. But if let's say I force you to to do it, or you have a change of heart, where where are you going? So I mean, I'm almost certainly going to keep him because he has Leeds and then Brentford at home in game week six and game week seven, and you you want him for both of those fixtures. You've fallen into my trap, Dan. We'll talk about it in a minute. Is this what you've 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 set a trap <laughs> and I've just fallen straight into it? Uh, okay, Maybe. fine. You've got some you've got some stats you're gonna say that will disprove my wanting to keep Antonio. That's absolutely fine. Um but I mean he's he's just got incredible stats, incredible form. He's gonna be bad for one game. I really like the fact that people are looking to sell him. Mm. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna, you know I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to bench him and then have him for a next two really good fixtures. So go on. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, well, but, but if you were going to change him, who would you go to? It's difficult because beforehand when I was doing that about the three major alternatives, they, those are the three that made the most sense. But otherwise you've got Callum Wilson, who's sort of injured, Adam Armstrong down at six million, who... I mean, he's all right, but Saints have got, what, Man City up next, (laughs) Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds. That's a tough run of four, especially with Wolves in their sort of good underlying performance form. So uh, I might be forgetting someone else, but yes, they probably would be. um, But because I've got 0.0 in the bank, 
the only person I could even contemplate going to is Raul Jimenez. So mm. it just makes it even more clear that I want to keep Antonio. Would you go to Calvert-Lewin? If I could, oh, that would be a tough. That would be a tough. That would be a tough one. Um, so what? Who do Everton have? They have Aston Villa away, Norwich at home. Norwich at home is a great fixture for for DC. Beautiful. So, beautiful, beautiful. But I mean, what's better, Leeds away, who are leaky, and Brentford at home for West Ham after game week five? What's better? I don't know. Everton have Man United and then West Ham in game week seven and game week eight. So I think it's a bit, you know, it's six one half dozen the other. I think. So what? What you, I've fallen into your trap. You, I'm waiting. <laughs> because when you said, "Oh, they're against this team," well, here's where it's going to be different for for people watching as well. Is I was originally planning to wildcard around game week seven if I have to. If I don't, then I won't. Obviously, I'm not just going to do it because I've said it. Um, and you've explicitly said you're hoping to not wildcard in game week seven. So this is where. They said the teams will start to, to diverge, but this is where the, the plan is. So my argument, the first one, I'll try and just breeze through it as to why I would, I'm would. i selling Antonio. So the first one, wild card soon. Why waste this opportunity of getting Calvert-Lewin? I can get Calvert-Lewin for these three fixtures. Antonio, if I'm wild card in three weeks, Antonio's going to miss one. And I don't have a bench. And a lot of people who haven't wild carded probably don't have a fantastic bench. So I've got a free transfer. Why keep a player who doesn't play and then plays two fixtures rather than have a player who's, unless there's an injury and I can't, you know, foresee that, why not have Calvert-Lewin that comes in and plays three against the two? Also, um, so it's, it's arguing player who plays three games against a player that plays two with whoever's going to come off your bench, which in my case would be Simakas or Sufal against Manchester United. I've got a free transfer. That's where I want to use it. Um, people <laughs> in my notes, I've put, oh my God, he has Leeds and Brentford. <laughs> and I've typed so, like so, because Leeds have been poor and have conceded a lot of goals, uh, which is true. But that's not the next game week. That's the game week after. Right? Okay. That, that's yeah. not the next fixture. He doesn't play in the next fixture. Also, people were saying this Southampton fixture was, oh my God, he's got Southampton. He looked laggy. He didn't, he didn't score, didn't get anything, and he got sent off. He had four penalty area touches, two blocked shots in the box all game, XG is 0.18, and an XGI is 0.19. So they're saying, oh, you've got, they've got Leeds, they've got Brentford. That's two game weeks away. That's not next game week. So he's going to miss the next one anyway. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people were saying Southampton had done the finish, the conceding lows, because he did a couple against Newcastle as well, and he didn't do anything there. So what type, that's... What, and, what? and Brentford is the other one. Brentford have conceded two goals in four games. Fifth fewest shots conceded. Sixth fewest shots conceded in the box. Third fewest big chances conceded with just two. So when people... That's why I got Ryer in goal, right? Because... Brentford, I do. I would back a goalkeeper, but I don't. I've I've explicitly said I don't usually back newly promoted sides. But Brentford have looked and statistically have looked pretty solid defensively, and they would have got another clean sheet. But they, you know, they conceded in the ninetieth minute, and it's a really, really nice finish from Trossard. So when people are saying Leeds, I, I see that. That's one of the three games. One he doesn't play. One yes, he's got Leeds, who might turn it around and sort themselves out because Leeds usually are a, a very very solid side they were last season but Brentford are, are not a walkover no I, I, I agree with that I agree with that I think they have been very fairly solid and, and I think Raya is a good goal, uh, good goalkeeping choice uh, my question would be how are they away from home 
um, whether there's any contrast. I think there's quite a lot of contrast in quite a number of teams. But yeah, I, I mean, even though they've been solid, I still fancy Antonio against Brentford at home. So, uh, But it, I think it makes perfect sense for you to go Calvert-Lewin if you are planning a game week seven wildcard. Yeah. Because of those two fixtures, you can attack them and then sort your team out afterwards. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, you lose the team uh, that use the... Uh, whatever it's called value in Antonio yeah. that you've um that you've built up but 0.2.3 in sort of true team value that probably isn't the end of the world and I know that you don't give too much credence to that sort of reasoning I'd lose, so I'd lose 0.2 and, and I could get him back on my wild card in game week seven it's not like it's it's not goodbye it's see you later kind of thing right yeah. Uh, and 0.2, you can make that up. And and the, and if he's not, he's already gone down 0.1, you know, he can start to go down again. So yeah, I got him for 7.5 and sold him for 7.7 and now he's worth 7.9. But I'm basically paying 0.2 million in Antonio to get an 8.2 Calvert-Lewin who hopefully if he's fit, I back him for these three games. So what's to stop Calvert-Lewin going up 0.2 million to pay yeah. to go back down to Antonio. Yeah, that's a fair point. And uh, if he does well, then that's probably likely to happen as well. And the so, last yeah. one, just the very last point that people will probably get wound up about again is the ownership. He's so highly owned. People are going to captain him. Why not take the punt now? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he's not play. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a very good shout. Um, I hope that you'll regret selling him when he notches a couple of goals for me in Leeds and Brentford. Well, I mean, I haven't have fully made up my mind whether I'm actually keeping him or not, but I probably will do and <laughs> end up stomaching the bad game week in game week five. But no credit to you. I think you can you can definitely attack the fixtures if you're planning to get a wild card in game week seven. And uh, and DCL seems like a good shout. We don't actually know whether he's going to play tonight, so that's worth monitoring as well, of course. Um, but the the other two teams on this on this fixture list, Leicester and Wolves. Obviously, you've doubled up on Wolves. Um, thing that annoyed me, and I, obviously I really really wanted to bring in a Wolves player because of these fixtures, is that they started. They've got Podence back, and they've got Trincao, and they've got this new striker called Huang who who um, who scored at the weekend, even though it was basically a two yard tap in. Um, but they've got Ronaldo quite... got it. Hey, Ronaldo got a two yard tap. Exactly. That's fine. So I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna remove any sort of credence to that level of goal. But the thing that interested me with Wolves is that they've got a lot of players that could get on the on the score sheet, could get the attacking returns. Trincao is is very impressive, and uh, he he likes to have a shot. Um, so. It... Maybe they're like a budget Man City. In you know what? Of... I was just going to say that, but I was so, I was going to say I'm so scared that if I said that, people will be like, "Oh my God, look at this guy! <laughs> he just compared Wolves to Man City." But I was genuinely thinking exactly the same. The points are being spread. Is is, is the point right? The points are being spread, but there's no points. So. <laughs> No, I, honestly, I, the, it's the good same. that we're on the same page. It's good that we're I'm on the same page. I'm glad you said it though, so that's good. <laughs> if there's any comments coming this week? I hope that it's uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a all, week off for me. It will be Ted bashing this week. I can assure <laughs> you. But no, I I think it's an they're an interesting team, Wolves. I, I, you've mm. got to think that once Jimenez gets on the score sheet, they'll the flood like, floodgates will be open. But 
we will have to see. I, I don't know. I, I think I, what I'll end up doing is wait until they start scoring and then get on them yeah. rather than sort of getting on them right now. But Brentford at home, as we've just discussed with Antonio in game week seven, is a decent fixture for them on paper. As you say, Brentford have been fairly tight. So it'd be interesting um, audition for what West Ham could do against Brentford at home. Uh, and then, yeah, if Wolves do well, then maybe bring them in against Southampton away wouldn't be the end of the world. Leicester are the other ones. I'm not sure I'm going to be bringing in any, any Leicester players immediately, but they have certainly have a good run of fixtures, and that certainly gives you a little bit of um, confidence or sort of smugness that you've still got Harvey Barnes. I mean, you're not going to get rid of him now with that run of fixtures, are you? I'm smug about a lot of things. Harvey Barnes is not one of them. Um, uh, but this is why I've kept him. And, and, you know, I'm trying to be more patient. So, like, honestly, in previously, this is my 12th season playing FPL. And I'd have taken minus eights by now because I'm just going to be aggressive and just go for it and play, right? Um, well, so you've been remarkably restrained. You've been remarkably this restrained this season, are you? Compared to previous and, and look at my rank. I'm still behind you. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're doing well. It means you have to answer to me every week. So therefore you're being yeah. sensible. And look but look what's happened. Just, it's weird because it feels like Leicester and Wolves, they're getting the same amount of points, but Wolves are all the way up there, top of like near top of the charts, right? And Leicester are bottom of the charts. Like literally for, for goal attempts this season, Wolves are third. So you've got Liverpool, who have had 100 attempts. You've got Man City that have had 84. And then you've got Wolves that have had 71, which is clear of West Ham with 64. And way down at the bottom, below everyone, bottom of the table is Leicester. Wow. Okay. That says it all, really. So when I said the beat, this is where it's connected my eye, like me watching the games, the 90 minutes and the eye test, uh, with the stats, because Wolves genuinely have played well. And a lot of people, I don't know if the rights and TV broadcasting, you can see wherever you live in the world, but I'm fortunate, fortunate to, to be in a place where I can pay to watch all the games. And they, 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 I said when they lost 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, game week 1, 2, and 3, and they, they genuine wolves genuinely are so close to being there. Yes, Leicester, on the other hand, are, are just not even just close to to what we know. Leicester are usually amazing for the first three quarters of the season, like Champions League, and then they drop for the last part and like miss out on the top four. That's been the case for like the last two seasons. We're seeing their end season form. Yeah, no, it's very strange. It's very strange. I mean, the likes of Vestergaard coming back in, I don't know whether that will give them some confidence or... I mean, they haven't played Iheanacho that much. They certainly haven't started him. I wonder whether they change tact at some point and, uh, and bring him in. I don't know whether a change of shape is in order, but it seems like Brendan Rodgers wants to stick with that sort of 43-1. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Vardy doesn't really appeal at all, especially with the, the, the golf sorry, not golf, the wealth of um, premium options, certainly in the forward line that we have. I don't think that he's he's going to be in many teams at all. So Leicester definitely want to watch. I think they will get a few, uh, get a bit of form with these fixtures, let's just say that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think there's many people from that team um, that really are good FPL options. So let's move on and talk about some of the best players statistically. I've got a a chart up for, for you. It's like the best 30 players in the game um, in terms of stats, We've got big attempts, which is uh, big chances and big chances created towards the top. Uh, those are the clear-cut 
the, the easier efforts. Uh, this is all per appearance. And the small attempts, that's the, the more difficult chances created, the more difficult shots uh, across the bottom towards the right-hand side. So we've got uh, the best players basically towards the top right-hand side. And you can see you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, Salah and Mane. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo has only had one game, so his stats are a little bit skewed. But it's, it's good that he's up there towards the top. Plenty of attempts overall. The thing that stands out for me in this chart is Trent Alexander-Arnold. It's just absolutely insane his numbers mm. really really good like obviously the big attempts so he's clearly creating a lot of chances not necessarily the 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 shots but uh the big chances created is something that he definitely prides himself on and he's clearly having a lot of attempted assists a lot of shots as well with those free kicks so he would be good value if he was a midfielder right rob i mean the fact that he has clean sheets uh, as a string to his bow is just insane like any small inclination of me going oh yeah I might sacrifice Trent for to get you know an extra premium in or something just completely goes out the window for me Trent is just you know I hate using the word essential but he's pretty essential this season I think what do you think I feel about him like when you said oh I hope you sell Antonio because then I can keep him. That's how I feel about Trent. Like, <laughs> and I agree. No one is essential. I've seen people who don't even have like Ronaldo and Lukaku this week and they get like 80 plus scores. One of the most Maverick uh, in my friend league, mini league, I've got like the most Maverick manager who did a free hit in like game week three when the average was like 40 or 50 and he got like 95. Wow. Uh, he had like Gabriel Jesus as captain when he got um got his haul and stuff and and when people wildcard in and they're going to go like maybe three 5.5 million defenders and use Trent's money and I I've, I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say I've not made drafts where Trent's not in it to see what I can do with my attackers but you know how I feel about defenders and and Trent is just a step above I saw someone saying like yesterday he didn't have a good game uh, he, he made one assist that was Salah was covering a lot at right back at times uh, and he walks away with uh, with 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 a haul I mean this is it this is exactly what, what you've alluded to then I was thinking like during the game the amount of times that Trent ended up in that right wing position after he, after the second phase of build up or something that he had passed through past Salah and Salah had dropped slightly deeper and Trent was just there to be fed the ball. He's so attacking. Okay, it comes in midfield occasionally, always on that right wing. And uh, he's taking most corners, taking most free kicks. It's just absolutely, it's a no-brainer to have in your team. No. Um, and and the, the, if, if, if you can picture it in your head, like the 18-yard box, you got Salah in between the, the touchline, uh, the, the sideline and the 18-yard box, right, in that right wing slot. And when Trent is on the corner of the 18-yard box, Every single time you're thinking, oh, some some something's happening here. Yeah, like he, exactly. Salah's gonna tap it back to 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 Trent, and Trent's just gonna whip in a whip in a ball. And there's plenty of people waiting for it. Mane, Firmino, Jota, whoever it is, uh, and even the, the midfielders, they're always there because they're they're gonna expect a decent delivery from Trent. So. Yeah, enough love for Trent. I feel like we've dwelled too, too long on our love for Trent. But clearly, I mean, I just think it's so noteworthy, the fact that he's he's equaling some of the best outfielders in the game for stats. Yeah, yeah. And he's a defender, a 7.5. So, I mean, you know, compared to like the likes of Mason Mount, who I just bought in, who's on the left-hand side of this chart, who's the same price. 
it's just the value is just so so we, we can sit here for hours ted about me talking about defenders and comparing the the stats and value for these. yeah Obviously points, points per million it's not about that but i think uh, trent's yeah. a bit of an anomaly in that argument he though is. I he think is. he's Even just Robbo's not quite there with him. Usually it's been pretty close between them, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Trent has taken like another step forward. I know Robertson had an injury, so yeah. obviously that's uh, ha- having an effect to an extent. Uh, here, here's my wild thing: I, I can see Simakas starting the next game. No, yeah. no, um, I don't. I no. back from injury, international duty, Champions League. I just don't think Klopp rotates that back line. No, um, not true. But I mean, I think Simicus, he, he started shaky at the start, but I think he actually uh, yeah, played pretty well. I mean, he, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping he sat on my first bench. So, <laughs> I mean, oh, it'd be useful for me this week as well. Yeah. So, so fair play. Yeah, for a lot of us. Maybe he, maybe he gets a couple of games in the Champions League. You never know. Uh, he's clearly a talent. So, yeah. Maybe just just sticking with with the chart. Obviously, I think uh, he's already risen, risen in price, but uh, I'm happy enough to 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 sit here and 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 take it that I've always been critical of Crystal Palace, um, and I know big shakeup, big changes, and and it didn't start well for them. But I'm happy to sit here and say like Gallagher for five point six. Now, when I'm looking at saying a five three two or four four two. He's just standing out massively. Eight points against Spurs, and he's still the biggest underperforming player this game week. Is he crazy? Yeah, he's top on the on the members area. So he um, got he got two assists this um this game week, didn't he? No goals, and he had that blocked. Uh, it was Larice. It looked like it was a defender block, but it wasn't. It was a Larice save from like six yards out, and he's just. 5.6 million. Palace had a ridiculously difficult start to the season. So when we're wildcarding around game week seven, and I might, that'll probably when I switch maybe from Raya to Guaita, um, I'll have both of them in a rotation. And uh, I think for 5.6 million, Gallagher is just, he didn't play in game week one. He got nothing against Brentford, which again backs the Antonio theory that maybe Brentford might not be as easy as you think. But 15 points against West Ham, eight points against Spurs. It's 10 goal attempts, seven in the box in three games for a 5.6 million midfielder. So when people, when we're praying for Traore to do something or Trincao or Podence or, you know, a Wolves player, um, Gallagher is doing it. Uh, you know, yeah, so. I, I completely agree with you, and I can I can completely understand why a lot of people are looking at him now as that five point five ish million option. But the thing that annoys me, well, not annoys me, um, the thing that makes me wary is that he's only had two or three games where he's played, and he's he's mega hauled in two of them, in two assists in the re- most recent game and two goals in that other game, and I just want to see. I just want to see a couple more games from him. I know, I know, it's only five point five, and you can sort of take that gamble a little bit more freely. But I don't know. I is it is it going to be the case all the time? Is he going to be that player forever but, but, and ever? You know, people jumped on Ben Ram. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, you could say, well, Ronaldo's just played one game. When Lukaku played against Arsenal, it was just one game. Yeah, I know they're in a different class, but if we take it down to the budget ones, for me as well, when I talk about long term XG, I wasn't interested in Ben Rama not interested in Torres because it was just that one time. And again, I think for 5.6 million, he's fine to, to, to play him in the, the so-called like green or blue fixtures and, and bench him in the red ones. But from what I've seen 
like visually like the eye test um he, he's getting exactly where you want a player to be like a, a player at any club that isn't norwich or watford or probably Arsenal. <laughs> um for 5.6 million that is getting in the positions that he is getting in um for me if i'm wildcard in game week seven I, and he can not maybe i mean 15 points and eight points is a lot I mean, if you can keep showing me that he's getting in the right places, I think it's difficult if you if you walk hard into to not look at him as that budget one. People looked at uh, Gray at Everton. Yeah, uh, he Demari was Gray at Everton. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and Ben be Rama and likes of that. So why why not why not have a look at Gallagher? You can see he's doing it. Yeah. So the the thing that makes me wary, what I was trying to inarticulately do uh, say earlier, is that he blanked against Brentford at home. And he, and he had a tough good game. Tough, tough, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he did well, well against West Ham, and it was like a, it was. I think West Ham dominated the game for most of it, and then he just suddenly popped up and had two close-range goals. But the thing about Tottenham, obviously, we have to be wary, is that Tottenham were down to ten men for most of the game, so Palace just dominated. And obviously, we have that new striker Edward to 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 think he, about he, as well. I was going to say earlier, yeah, he's he's literally like XG wise, like the most clinical striker in the in the Europe right now. <laughs> <He's> yeah. like, <laughs> two in, like two goals in three touches in five minutes or something. So. Yeah, if you have to do it per ninety, yeah, yeah be he's, than... he's, no, no, it's fine. Just just playing for ten minutes and scoring two goals every week and and yeah. That's the, better than Messi right but I think yeah I think Gallagher's a really good pick um if you need a 5.5 million now and you you have to fill that spot then it's a no-brainer you just fill it with Gallagher I think he's the best option in that position but I think if you're sort of you know have want have a bit of time and want to sort of um you know determine whether that spot is 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 suitable for Gallagher then I, I think maybe awaiting a couple of games before bringing him in I mean Palace's fixtures aren't that great that's the other thing uh, where are they? Um, oh yeah, Liverpool, Brighton, Leicester, Arsenal, uh, uh, Arsenal. So they're not great. <laughs> it feels like every week we sit here and uh, <laughs> and have a pop at Arsenal, and, and Arsenal. I'm not I'm not like uh, I'm not a fan uh, like uh, of Chelsea or like a, or Spurs. I'm not a rival of them, but it feels it feels mean every time I sit here and. <laughs> laugh a little bit awesome. oh yeah i mean it's it's just a, a bit of a sad story and you know? they they are struggling but they will they will come back into it they have a good team saka will will get some form odegaard will get some form smithrow will get some form uh and abamyang's already got on the score sheet so i think you know arsenal have some decent just about gallagher you mentioned about like yeah i, I get spurs were down to 10 men but um, uh, I did watch the game and regardless of 10 men palace were way on top way like so even without the 10 men Gallagher could have got got some points there so I understand the red card obviously changes the game but before that and it's really funny because now this season they've they've brought in like a win probability stat all right uh so when you're watching the game in the corner it's some sponsored stat thing and it will give you a win draw win for the other team and the commentators absolutely hate it and the pun is every time it scrolls down it's so funny so spurs were down to 10 men palace were on top like the whole time and it was like palace win 22 percent spurs win like 38 percent and the commentators and the pundits were just like oh 
seething absolutely it's, seething. Well, it probably doesn't update live or anything or yeah well that's the point of it it's all live stuff, you know? well just maybe it's just going off some misguided stats or something like that but no that's interesting that palace were on top from the start even before the red card so mm. yeah i mean Vieira obviously wanted to make them attacking from the start of the season so if he if that is actually coming to fruition that's definitely something to uh to monitor so yeah Gallagher could be one but there's plenty of other players on this chart that we've we've probably own already Jimenez and Traore they're the ones aren't they that look so good but the big the big number staring out is the two zeros above yeah. above and below their names that's mm. the big returns and small returns basically they haven't returned and that's the biggest worry but I think a lot of people will jump on when they do start getting the returns so definitely one to to monitor but you've got all the, the premiums Long-term yeah. fixtures again. So again, if you're wildcarding, they've got Liverpool and City in 15 and 16, Chelsea in 18. Uh, but from game week five to game week four, you got, you got sort of 10 game week. If you had it last game week, you have 10 game weeks of Cody can sit in my team in my starting 11 for 10 game weeks, and every single game week he'll have like a blue or green fixture, and I'll just be like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I think in that 10 game week period, they don't play a single member of the original big six and Leicester. So they, they just play some of the best fixtures you could possibly get. Um, how much was Marcel, by the way? Did Was he an equivalent to Cody or was he slightly more yeah. expensive? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's the same. He's the same. But because you've got Alt-Nori, who was... Uh, potentially going to come in for him at, at wing back and he was sort of off and on and he's pretty injury prone so again for me i'm not wildcarding yet I, I could have gone for the spicy pick i said pre-wildcard go for the spicy pick but the fact that i don't have a bench i can't go that spicy <laughs> so i was like i've said before i think maybe not last season but the two seasons before that Connor Cody played like every single minute of premier league football and it's the same feeling that i have towards getting diaz at man city it's boring. He still gets me six points. And if he can do that eight times, if he can get me for 4.5 million, if he can go off and get me five out of 10 clean sheets, then I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy chappy, you know? So Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand that Marcel is the wing back. People might want to play the, pay the extra 0.4 million for Semedo, who's 4.9 million. Um, but for me, just having, having like the club captain, the guy who plays nine minutes every game, I mean, you know, the the information changes every week. And, and in hindsight, Marcel, Marcel's the better pick. But you brought in Cody, what, last week, a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, yeah. you made the right choice at the right time. So, I mean, fair play to you. I think having a Wolves defender is a decent pick. And I think a lot of people might have Saar, the goalkeeper, from now on. But, yeah, I think Wolves defence looks like a, a good shout from now on. Probably is a better shout than the outfielders, at least, at least right now anyway. But, um, yeah, another thing that this chart showed us is that um a lot of the sustainability is different so the number below the player name is the small returns and typically the conversion rate from small attempts is about uh 120th so 0.05 from a one small attempt so what that means is that the likes of salah and mané uh 0.25 uh small attempt small returns per game is completely sustainable but when you look at the likes of son at the bottom of that graph at 0.67 per appearance 
from only four to 4.5 small attempts. That's completely not sustainable. And that's partly the reason why I was talking to you, Rob, about why we were lucky that Son was getting a couple of returns, wow. uh, especially wow. when we captained him. I know you t- you just won't accept He's that we were lucky. He's that buster. Look, people can tell me I'm lucky with Son, but when Bruno Fernandes gets a hat-trick from like 1xG, and when Greenwood is getting assist because it takes a lucky deflection, the goalkeeper spills it, and Ronaldo taps it in and he gets an assist for that. And the other goals he scored when it's gone like through the goalkeeper. People can't sit there and tell me Xiaoming Son, a guy who is a 90-minute man, one of the top two players at Tottenham, one of the best Premier League and FPL players. You can't tell me he's lucky, but the other people aren't. No, I, I completely get that. I'm talking about like the, the ability to predict future FPL points. And I think, obviously, normally when Son has a shot, you, you, he may have stand a, a better chance of scoring it if he's intending it as a long-range effort. But the fact that he scored in that game a couple of weeks ago, was it, um, yeah. against, was it Watford? Yes, it was Watford. Yep. It was yeah. a cross. It wasn't a goal. It was it, a... It, we don't know. We can't, we can't, you know, we can't predict things like that. Anyway. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's, he's, he's up there towards world class uh i think he's just got the eye for goal like he you put it in the right area every person like because trent will do something like that i'm pretty sure he has right he knows that if no one gets on the end of that no one touches it it can go in we we do actually see a fair amount of goals where they whip from that angle they whip it in and that's why they get assists because it comes off a couple of hairs of a defender's head and then oh it's a great assist so if they put the, if they put it in the danger area, it goes in. I'm time. just I'm just I just like talking about Son and why he's a great player. Up. I want to sold him. I'm sad, I'm so sad he's injured. We both sold him. I mean, yeah, he is he's a great I'll, player. I'll comfort myself with Ronaldo's thirteen points. Absolutely. Our um, hits worked out, by the way. Our transfers worked out. They did. If you, if you think about it, Martinez didn't play. Son didn't play. They get Ronaldo. They get Raya. Uh, Traore got a clean sheet point. It's super nice when that happens, to be fair. Um, I wanted to just touch on another thing, that the sustainability of the attempts. We've got the big attempts here. The, the player that I'm actually worried about in my team is Ben Rama. And I know we've been talking about, yes, getting on a player because he's in great form, but that doesn't necessarily have the stats to back it up. You look at that, those numbers in the middle of Ben Rama's circle, they're 0.75 big returns per appearance. Now, normally the typical conversion rate is about 50% for big attempts, and he's at 100%. So that's massively overperforming a little bit, and he's massively overperforming in the small returns as well. So all in all, I think he's possibly going to regress a little bit, especially with Antonio being out for this game. Uh, and, he's, and obviously it's a tougher fixture, but he's maybe the first on my chopping block, like maybe a move to try always on the cards. I don't know. Someone who doesn't return. Join me. <laughs> it's like the other end of the spectrum, isn't it? Someone who's in form, but doesn't have the stats yeah, versus yeah. someone's out of form, but has the stats. It's really difficult to gauge who's the better player to pick. But, but yeah, something to consider in this chart anyway. But Do you not think that without Antonio, Ben Rama might become a better option? Maybe. Because maybe. They're not, it's not like, right, we've got to get it to Antonio up front. Now they might play Bowen in that nine role or the new signing, but they're not going to be the out-and-out striker like Antonio is. So similar to when... Th- th- this actually reminds me of like Liverpool's front line, right? When it's... Uh, Salah, Mane, and Firmino. Firmino's the one that drops back. 
But when it's Salamani and Jota, Jota is more like the spearhead and he wants to score. So similar to West Ham, when they have Antonio, he's the point of the spear. He's the main outlet. But with him out, maybe Bowen or the new site, what's it called? Flasic. Yeah. Or whoever goes in the middle, but they drop back, and then the the Ben Rama on the wing becomes that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. Like he might have opportunity to be more of the talisman in the game, but there's also that counter argument that if you you want to play with the best players in your team because they're yeah. more likely to convert the goals, and therefore he's more likely to get assists. So I think they're six of one, half half dozen of the other, really. But I mean. I'm just a bit up in the air about owning Ben Rama, quite frankly. Mm. I don't know whether he's a good long-term pick. And if I if I do keep him this game week, then I can't take him out for Leeds and Brentford. So he, I think this is quite pivotal. I have to make a decision this week about whether I'm keeping him or not. Uh, and Kufal's probably, sorry, Sufal's probably going to move on from a, for a Chelsea player. So probably Antonio is the only West Ham player I'm looking to own going forward yeah, when we look at your team i'm interested to, to think of your transfer thoughts because i've already said it's antonio to dcl like i'm i'm stamped but i mean i mean we're not looking at my team anymore we've looked at my uh my bus team i'm not putting any transfers in i mean we've both got um so you're thinking of rolling i think yeah I, i'm thinking it's very boring but i think yeah, i'm rolling and benching antonio playing Foul at Man United. The only crumb of comfort I have is that it's a home game for West Ham. And, and Man United <laughs> have little, been... Every little piece that you can grab, you just take yeah, it. I mean, Interestingly, Matt... though, just want to point out, Ted, that you're going four at the back. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just to... saying, I'm, I'm just going to point out, Ted, that you've slated me for four defenders and... Uh... Okay, I'm a it's massive. Like a four-five-one, by the way, not even a five-three-two or a four-four-two or a four-three-three. You're going four-five-one. It's it's through necessity, though. I mean, it's not out of choice. And um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm a massive hypocrite, basically. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I just wanted to look at one more thing before we end, and that is the that's some big chance conversion, um, and this is basically a chart showing how many how many big chances a team has had in the last four matches their big chance conversion which is towards the top their big chances towards the right and those funny solar system sort of lines are the big chances scored basically it means that anyone on the same line has scored the same amount of big chances but the thing that's noteworthy from here is the wolves the wolves thing it's the wolves thing you know they've had they've got their top 5 for number of big chances with 11 They've had 11 big chances and they've converted one of them. And that was last game with on the Huang. Line. Yeah, on the line, basically. Um, I just he got can't... twice. <laughs> he put it on the line and then did it again. He did. Yeah, he had... I don't know whether that counts twice. It maybe does. But um, it's just, I, I, can't, I can't see how they're not going to convert more big chances going forward. Either they overcompensate or they start performing at a regular level, which is a 50% big big chance conversion rate, by the way. That's what's sustainable for the elite teams over the season. Um, so the likes of Newcastle are definitely overperforming at the moment, but we've only had four four games. So, I mean, and Callum Wilson is very clinical when he does get the chances. But the apparently th- he's, he's uh, Ben Dinner is the, the injury guy on Twitter, right? And yeah. someone asked him, like, how likely is it Wilson's going to be back for this game? 
And he said, not likely. Indeed. So Newcastle will probably continue to struggle going forward. Although, I mean, they did score a decent goal. That Mankio goal was really decent. Uh, that counter and, and, and again, this is, this stems from the fact that I watched the 90 minutes. When it went to 1-1 and then Joel Linton almost... Um, had a, got in there with a chance and Newcastle actually started to play some some half decent football yeah the problem with Joe Linton he's lazy and he did he just yeah the it was time point on match of the day he uh he, he's not the fittest athlete yeah hopefully he gets up to speed but but they could have scored a bunch again I don't want to just like copy like match of the day analysis but they they stopped and highlighted like I said a couple of really key moments where the likes of Maximan like Maximan looks fantastic he's doing actually pretty well in FPL he's wonderful to watch but you can see why Newcastle fans sometimes get a little bit frustrated because there are so many times and chances where if he just cuts it back or just does one less touch or just one you know one less one fewer move um he creates a, a, a chance. And there were, there were, I think, were three or four opportunities where just one stray touch or one earlier pass or one slightly better pass. And and he, he, honestly, Newcastle could have been the one scoring four goals as well as United in that game. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult at the start of the season, basically, to try and know what's going on because the fixtures are going to play a massive bias towards a team's stats or, or form or whatever. But I think as, as the games go by, we're starting to build up that picture and it hasn't really changed too much from the end of last season with, with West Ham. Maybe Aston Villa have regressed a little bit. Uh, and Leicester have, have had a start a struggle to the start of the season. And Wolves certainly have. But still, I think you can you could get a sense from watching the games that those sort of teams still have the good players, the ability to cause issues for sides. And I don't think that that's going to, um, you know, that their lack of form is going to continue in the long run. You definitely expect uh, over the course of the next three or four game weeks that a good team will bounce back and they will start scoring goals again, which is why I do have faith in Wolves. I think they, they yes. will start scoring. I do I do think so, which makes me think which of Jimenez, Traore, Trincao even to bring in because... Yeah. Well, the issue is now with Liza Podens back is is there going to be some rotation in that Wolves front? So if I was if I was going to go one, I'd probably go Jimenez because I think he's the that they don't have the, the 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 rotation for him. But I could certainly see situations where Traore doesn't start and it's Trincao and Podens up front, kind of. Thing, yeah, so. absolutely. I, that rotation is rife at the moment, and Chelsea worries me. Um, I mean, Mount getting dropped was so annoying. But the likes of Werner and Ziyech and Havertz and Pulisic, are they all going to be, you know... I mean, Havertz plays occasionally. Um, he's been starting the first few games. Yeah. But um, the other three, I, I don't know whether they're going to continue sitting on the bench, whether there's going to be endless rotation now the Champions League comes back. And, because... and this is it. This is why I said it's going to be the key now with the European football comes, because... Mount for me is in Chelsea's best starting eleven, and they've probably saved him for the Champions League. Yeah, but um, then he probably but, will play the game afterwards. So maybe yeah. it's just a, a rest. It just depends. I know a lot of old school pundits will be saying, "Well, why can't they play two or three times a week?" You can just imagine seeing Roy Keane's face sat there going, "Like <laughs> rotation? What's this rotation? You know, we used to play forty games a season, train Monday to Friday, and go to the pub three times a week." <laughs> 
you know, was that so. a good was that meant to be an irish accent no it wasn't no no we did accents before the stream and i said i wasn't gonna do it well i mean you've uh, embarrassed yourself now so no, no just that was just <laughs> me uh bringing in my inner inner Roy Keane from my heart and soul. Uh, I mean, but, but this is strange though, because when we've talked about rotation before and I've said like, you know, again, I got slated last week when I said, you know, Rikaku. Ronaldo and Lukaku. Lukaku could get rotated and Ronaldo could get rotated. And people are like, oh, you, you're talking rubbish. Like Lukaku's never going to get rotated and Ronaldo's never going to get rotated. But th they can. Like they've got Timo Werner on the bench who, yeah, I don't rate him and he's missed a lot of chances. But do you really think Lukaku is going to play every single Champions League game and every single Premier League game? Like with yep. Christmas, when Christmas comes up and it's like they're playing like four games a week. Uh, I don't know. I'm tempted to. I'm not saying he's going to get often rotated, and I think the likes of Lukaku is perfectly fine. But with every seemingly other position, like the other players at Wolves, Jimenez is likely not to go there. Lukaku is less likely to get rotated at Chelsea. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think because we're used to seeing so much rotation because of the, the squad depth of some of these teams, I don't think other teams that don't have that luxury don't rotate as much with the likes. Yes. Antonio, Antonio won't get rotated um, because he's no. the only striker. And, and West Ham need results. And Antonio is their best way to results. And Lukaku will be the best way to, for Chelsea's results now that he's made such a big difference to that side. I just can't see Timo Werner coming in and playing. But I can in the Premier League in an easier fixture against a, a, a Watford or a Norwich when you want Lukaku to play. Okay. Because but I, they've I, got that depth to make that change. And and you, I we don't know how serious West Ham are going to take Europe. Because you're right, Antonio is the key striker. They don't have anyone else. And for me, you never prioritize the Europa League over the Premier League. Yeah, I agree. But clubs will prioritize the Champions League over the Premier League for some fixtures. I guess yeah, I guess it depends on the on the club strategy and all that. But um... so if Chelsea have got a big Champions League round of sixteen fixture and the Premier League game before or after is, a, is an easier one against, like, Norwich, you, you honestly would have no fear whatsoever that Lukaku doesn't get rested when it's a knockout game, like Tuesday and then the following Tuesday, wherever they got PSG, and on the weekend in the middle, they've got Norwich at home. You have no fear whatsoever that Lukaku gets, gets rotated for that game. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. But have you seen Timo Werner's form? And did you see him miss that, that like open goal for Germany? If you type break? in Timo Werner missed, <laughs> and then in the Google recommended, it's like missed versus this, versus this team, yeah. versus this team, versus this team. But I think it's hard done by. I mean, they bought him for a reason and maybe he comes good. Like, uh, I'm an older guy. I'm like 30 now. And, you know, my footballing mind goes back. And a lot of people forget that David De Gea, for example, is not top class now, but there was a, tip, uh, a long period where David De Gea was one of the best goalkeepers in the world, arguably. And when he started at Manchester United, he was awful. People forget. And I, I don't know why I remember it so distinctly, but when Didier Drogba, hey, I'm going to double check the stats and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll talk to you after about it, but I'm pretty sure when Didier Drogba first joined Chelsea, he was, he was rubbish and he missed loads of chances. And then he became a legend. 
Like, I'm not saying Timo Werner, like, Timo Werner obviously has that potential there. He did it at Leipzig. They got him for a reason. They paid a lot of money. You know, if it, it, I just feel as though, similar with the floodgates at Wolves, if, once he gets one or two goals, if he goes out and gets a brace, he's off and away. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess so. I, the other thing I'll bring to the table is that he can also play on the left. So even if he does get some games, then it means that yeah. Lukaku doesn't necessarily get rotated. No, yeah, I, I wasn't, it wasn't a direct one, but you're right. They have Lukaku and then it's like Havertz and Mount, right? In like a kind of 4-3-3 and Werner can play in those positions too. I can't believe you baited me into talking about Lukaku rotation. Ronaldo and Lukaku and Salah and all of these amazing players, they're not going to get rotated. They might get rotated once but, in the whole but season. They will, but like we had it, didn't we have it last season when Salah and Mane did get rotated? Yeah, okay. For, Maybe for, once for, with with Jota, right? Yeah, you, one, once or twice. They had one once week, one week, one. I mean, this didn't early season this was as well didn't Salah start on the bench against Palace and then or was but, it Bournemouth yeah. and then came on for a haul you do have to cross reference with like the with with fatigue and injury and um and stuff like that so if they're fresh for the entire season if they are which they're unlikely to be fresh I suppose but if they're not injured for the entire season you would you wouldn't think that they would be rotated more than one game in the entire season, I think, because they're so valuable to that team. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's maybe that's an old-fashioned way of looking at it, but um, it depends on the squad depth. It depends a lot on a lot of things and how key that player is to the team. But, yeah, I, I think Lukaku... I think Lukar when the fit... When, when, when we're talking about elite teams with depth, like your title challenges, um, I'm, I th I'm thinking that it's like 32 out of 38 games for the most part. I think Diaz for City was 34 out of 38 or 33 out of 38. Okay. Um, but that's maybe something that we should we should look into and discuss about rotation when people think about that because, you know, maybe that is a thing. Maybe we, we, we aim for, say, 33 out of 38, suffer five rotations and just not worry about it. Yeah, I, it's, it's too granular to worry about it, isn't it, really? On a practical level... You're not going to be going, oh, I won't bring Lukaku in because it's his turn to be his, his one rest for the season. He's going to get rotated on a rainy way on a, when the wind not speed is over 12. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I mean, it's probably Christmas time when that probably happens, right? But I mean, you've but got... World you... Cup as well. You pointed that out, I think, on the uh, on the Breakfast Club, right? What, what, when, do you know when about that hits? The Club World Cup. I think it's in something like Game Week 18, something like that. Um, which, just... uh, and, yeah, which is one where we should look at that. Because yeah, 100%. Yeah. If we're wildcarding and we're going triple, which again, when I said safety FC, when I wildcard, I will have a playing bench. Um, and I know you don't like having like rotating goalkeepers, for example. But again, if I'm looking at something for 20 odd weeks, I want every transfer to be a proper move. Not like now where before you've you wildcarded and you're just like, oh, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. On a, when I wildcard, I want 15 or 14 players and I want every transfer to be an attack, not, oh, I've got this guy. A little bit like now, right? We don't have a bench and you're thinking of going 4-5-1 or should I sell Antonio who is banned? But when we wildcard, we shouldn't be having that problem. We should be able to say like, oh, I've got a decent 4.5 million defender coming in. I've got a decent five point. 5.5 million midfielder coming in. Don't say that I'm going 4-5-1 because I am strategically doing that. That is, is no, out of necessity. Uh, 
it's a game of strategy. <laughs> you pick the team. No one else picks your team, Ted. You pick oh, your team. Days. You make your transfers. You choose your captains. If you go four five on Ted, that is a strategic decision that you made to not sell Antonio. Okay, just to spite you, I'm going to put Antonio in my starting eleven three five two and let the auto subs do their work. <laughs> yeah, just whoever. And you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You're going to have Simicast first sub, and he's going to play against Palace, like I've just told you he will, and he's going to get a double-digit haul. Love it. Love it. I'll, I'll be happy and to... And sit here and go, and then you'll laugh and be like, hey, my auto sub did it, Simicast got it. And then I'm still going to sit here and say, you played 4-5-1. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'll be rolling in the points. I'll be rolling yeah, yeah, in yeah, my... you won't care. I, rightly so. I would feel exactly the same. <laughs> but then you soundbite me earlier saying I think Simicast will play against Palace and I completely poo-pooed that earlier so you know basically Rob's always right that's what I'm learning <laughs> good I wish I believed that oh my days well not as right as me currently anyway um, oh, oh right at the end right at the end you just have to, 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 to dig it right in I had to alright uh, good, good luck good luck with 451 good luck with the sea of red Good luck with 80% of your team against each other. <laughs> to, to be fair, I am going to really struggle this three game. United, is it two United, three United against three West Ham? Yeah, pretty much. And one of so, them so won't even play. For like a, you're hoping for a 5-5 five, five thriller with a couple assists from Shaw and Suval. You never know. Uh, it could happen. Uh, it could happen. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be just... In fact, no, I think you want a nil-nil because the ownership for everyone else will be so high. That the points from so. Sue Fallon uh, and Sh- well, Shaw's so highly owned. I don't know, buddy. Who knows? It's it's very depressing prospect. Let's just say that. But I think you've got a great shout this week, and um, I think you're going to have oh, a don't bit say more. Because when I do have a good shout, I don't. <laughs> but you're going to have a bit more fun game week five, game week six than I am because you can wild card in game week seven. Um, so can I, you? I know I can, but I'm sort of being stubborn about the fact that I'm not going to. Um, because the African Cup of Nations, the Club World Cup, as we've put it, just with Chelsea, I feel yeah. I feel the wild card is going to be more useful at the end of the first half of well, the season. Why? why who? Who? So I, I completely agree. And I was saying I'm not bringing South Americans in, and I'm not bringing in um, African Cup of Nations players. So who is it that you're avoiding? Like you're worried about in that situation? Any key players come to mind? What I mean, avoiding South, South Americans and the African Cup of Nations. Why would I avoid the South Americans? Because don't they still leave at the end of every month for the next two months? Oh, do they? Okay. Well, I mean, I hope that FIFA and these um, government bodies (laughs) sort it out. You'll be be hoping for a long time if you're you're relying on FIFA there. Well, it's the only Argentinian players that have have actually been banned from playing. So, I mean, hopefully the Brazilian... No, that's because they went. But if everyone else went to a red country, they'd have come back and isolated. Everyone else didn't go. That's I mean, what I, it was. If they do go, they come back and isolate. That's crazy. I, I don't know why the Argentinian players went. But, I mean, regardless, African Cup of Nations stuff, we've got a lot of key players that you have to contend with, Salah and Mane being one of the two. I think that's going to be huge, yeah. That, that's, is, that's massive. Like, that is really going to hit Liverpool. Yeah, it will do. And, Massively. Um, but, I mean, for FPL teams, you have to go through a full restructure and, I mean, a lot of people will use their second wild cards at the start of the second half of the season, which makes it yeah. obviously less easy to navigate the blank and double game weeks. So keeping your first wild card until the end of the first half of the season might not be such a bad idea. Uh, but I do agree with you. It does have a lot of value 
when the change in the landscape as we're currently going through uh, and you want to get on a lot of players at once without taking too much hit so i think there's value in in both strategies um it's just that's the choice that i'm making it could definitely backfire on me uh but yeah, we'll see. everyone just everyone gets so like riled up about this strategy or the way that this person plays we've got known fpl players that take hits every week and finish top of the world or you know we've got players that play five at the back and 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 are up there as well like there is no one way to play it and i think people get really fixed on it sometimes of you know if anyone makes a suggestion that's against the grain they're like oh my god ted's gonna play four five one what is he doing playing four five one that's crazy uh he's never gonna succeed and i've got I, i'm playing three five two a more favored formation a sea of blue but just so happens that next week you'll sat here and you'll be 20 points ahead of me there's, there's, there's a hundred different ways to play and that's why we love the game that's why we love the game there's a yeah. million different ways it can it can pan out you know you'll be there screaming yes it's four four west on against uh manchester united and you know, I'll be crying because Barnes has blanked again and Rafinha's <laughs> not done anything and Grealish gets benched and Simicast doesn't make his double-digit haul like I've just promised he's going to do. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You do set yourself up, don't you, Rob? Lots and lots of elaborate uh, predictions. One of them I mean? will People come wind up. me up on Twitter because they do it all the time. They'll, they'll make massive predictions every week, right? And then they'll get one that pays out and then they'll retweet and be like, oh, guys told you i told you edward was going to come off the bench for the last 10 minutes and bag a brace like obvious right so i'm just going to try and build them up now and then you know as they uh as one of them hits like oh simicas is going to come on in the 29th minute he's going to get a clean sheet and he's going to get two assists and three bonus don't worry i ended ended the stream like 20 minutes ago so no one will hear that no, I didn't. Good, I didn't. That's a terrible prediction. I could have been a lot better than that. But... <laughs> oh, I love that. I think we'll end it there, mate. Thank you so much for the chat. And um, yeah, I hope we've hope we brought some valuable content to you all. But yeah, in case we don't see you before game week five, have a brilliant uh, week and make sure that your transfers are good ones ahead of game week five. I, I don't think I'll be making any, uh, but if you're removing Antonio, good luck with it. Uh, Rob is, he's probably moving to Calvert-Lewin. Uh, I think you know it's good. It's a good move because you can you can definitely bring him in for a couple of game weeks and then wild card always him. Get, always get angry at the at the decision, not the result. Like yeah, bringing yeah. Calvert Lewin for a guy who's not playing is not a bad decision, especially if you're going to bring Antonio back in on a game week seven wild card. So yeah, yeah completely maybe. justified. It's not crazy. I'm not it's, always crazy. You're not always crazy. I'll give you that. <laughs> yes, the little wins for me today. That's the crazy. little wins, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll leave.